Paul, it might surprise you. <laughs> surprise me, Father. Surprise to know, all of us. To know that I did not always agree with the church. For shame. <laughs> yes, I was a, at one time in my, in my youth. Well, I thought you're still in, in my youth. youth. I am still in my youth. You're right. Very good. You passed the test. <laughs> You'll get a Christmas bonus this yes. year. <laughs> yes. um, uh, I did not agree with the church on many a topic. Actually, I remember sitting in the car with my friend and telling her. She was Catholic? Yes. We went, okay. we're in youth group together. Right. Uh, kind of group together. Cool. Um, she, uh, we were in the car, and I was telling her that I was going to go to the seminary. And she looked at me, and she goes, Shouldn't you agree with the church on things to be a priest? <laughs> <laughs> that was her response. And my, you want to know what I said to her? I do. I, I oh, Lord, forgive me. That's why I do a lot of penance. I said uh, something along the lines of, Well, we're never going to change things if the same people keep... Uh, you know, doing all this crap. And, and and so the Holy Spirit changed you. Oh man, you know the way to make God laugh is to tell him your plans. Ah, uh, that's a good that's a good line. Um, and so one of the many topics I disagree with the church on was the pro life movement. I was I was one of those people that said, well, I would never like want my girlfriend or wife or whatever to choose it, but others should have the choice. I was one of those people. Yeah. Um, and so I was very pro, not pro, I would never have said I was pro-abortion or pro-death, because I was like, I wouldn't make the mother of my child do that, um, but I thought others should have the choice. Um, and it wasn't until I, and, it, and a lot of that I attribute to, because I never take blame for myself. <laughs> um, it, it was definitely me. I had right reason and logic, and I failed to use them. Um, but I was also not taught the truth, right? I, I grew up um, being, you know, taught uh, an agenda, and I, 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 I drank the Kool-Aid. Um, and so when I got to seminary and the university, where I was at Loyola University, um, it was there that taking philosophy, theology classes, and especially philosophy, and learning about the human person and human dignity and what that means, that's when I, my eyes started to open and I saw the truth um, that, that human dignity is, is something that's given to all human beings um, and that your human dignity is not predicated or conditioned on, any, on anything, anything, right? right. No. Um, you are not more human than me because you're more physically fit. I'm not more human than you because I'm more handsome. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, it's a cross um, you have to bear. Yeah, famous people, celebrities are not more human than you or I because they're celebrities. Like that, that 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 doesn't exist. And and it took philosophy to to really teach me that. I guess I always knew that, but then to start understanding what is a human person, and then it, that go all the way back to the womb. Uh, a human person is is a human person because they have a body and a soul. And they're combined, and that combination begins at conception. And that changed my whole... And when does it end? When you naturally die. Or well, it definitely ends at death, but that death should come naturally. Right, I mean... That, <laughs> we should or, not, you should or not we speed say, that up. Right, we're, we're, we're temporarily separated from our bodies at death. Well, sure, that's a more but, our I mean, Christian understanding. Right, right, yeah. Uh, which anyway. is very true. It yeah. is not very true. That is true. 
right? no. maintain that. But I was just trying to stay in the yeah. philosophical, you know, that, and yeah. that, that's what helped me really enter fully into the pro-life movement. That it's not about me or you, but it's about human life and that, that all human lives have dignity. And that's just not something I, I thought of. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, Father Dominic, he's, he's changed. He's a changed man. Wow. Praise God for it. Praise God for it. There were a lot of things wrong with me back then before I entered the seminary. The, the seminary and, and the good Lord fixed a lot of <laughs> a lot of those faults. I'm just left with the other stuff. <laughs> we're still working on it. Hey, that's a lifelong journey. It's Amen. a pilgrimage. And that's what we're here for, to help inspire saints who will inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm Father Dominic. I'm Paul Manier. And this is our Ed Talks podcast. Welcome. We are talking about life. So, specifically... Start going back, going back to the idea of this culture death. That's a... That's a powerful phrase, and John Paul II, Pope Saint John Paul II, uh, he popularized this phrase, and it, it doesn't mean like it doesn't mean that people who disagree with us on these issues are running around with axes and knives and guns and hunting people down, being like this is great. Um, but there is something real there. There is something real where we have become, and it's, it, it's cross-culture, and it's, it's obvious for those who have eyes to see it, it's obvious, right? Like, you, you can't turn on the television without watching people just get blown up. You can't read through a book without graphic depictions of violence. You can't even nowadays talk about the end of life without whispers of, well, you know, it would be really easy for you and for everyone else. It would make it so much easier on everyone else if you just went away, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's a, there's a, a cross-cultural devaluation of, of life. And putting people down regularly. Like, the fact that cancel culture is a thing with social media and even not even just in person, not just social media, but in in actual human interactions that I'm going to cancel you out of my life because we disagree on, on something as important or as unimportant as that thing may be. Right. Like, oh, we disagree? I'm not talking anymore. I'm not going to go to that family party. I'm not going to friend you or follow you. You know, and, and, that's, that's all part of the culture of death. Right, I think the part, and, and so... Going, the culture of death ultimately destroys. Yeah, and that's it. It destroys relationships, and again, we go back to what is God. God is love. God is relationship. He's calling us to be in relationship with Him. Um, and in, certainly in relationship with each other. And that is that is something that is, is so apparent nowadays, is that kind of, like you said, that destructive impulse in society to destroy specifically relationships, severing the relationship between a mother and her child, se se severing a relationship between children and their aged parents, se severing relationships between friends because of, like you said, a disagreement on something. These things, so t talking to, the, to our listeners' question, speaking to that idea of being maintaining a pro-life culture or pro-life stance in an increasingly hostile and secular world, I think the number one thing to do is to be a lover of life in all of its forms and even with people with whom we disagree. 
Amen. We are called to love them, and we're called to celebrate that joyful gift that is life. And that doesn't mean that life doesn't come with, with suffering, right? Like, without suffering, I should say. Because it does. That's part of life. But that's something we need to celebrate. You cannot anesthetize yourself, mm -hmm. right? Like, you can't cordon off suffering and, and say, oh, well, life's not worth living if it's hard. Like, then there's no life that's worth living. Like, you have just eliminated all life because all life has challenges, all life has sufferings, and suffering is redemptive, as we've seen with the cross. So, I, so, so, sell, so that's to my answer, my first and most important answer to this question, which is an awesome one, is talk with love, talk with love, and celebrate the joy and the mystery and the incredible gift that is life in, ev in, in everyone. My uncle... Born with Down syndrome, my late uncle, born with Down syndrome. He, in most of the Western world right now, would never have been born. Mm. If uh, parents are told that your child, your, your unborn child, is likely going to have Down syndrome, overwhelmingly, and I don't know the statistics off the top of my head, yeah. And it's Even if it's one, it's too many. Right, but they said, oh, just take care of it, eliminate. Eliminate this life. Eliminate this child. Because he, he's going to be a burden. My uh, grandmother was told that he would never reach the age of 18. He would die. She said, okay, fine, great. That's he lived 18 beautiful years. He lived to be over 60 years old. God love him. And he spent the last more or less 20 years of his life with my parents. I grew up with him in my home. He's awesome. Uncle Michael is a gift. He was a gift, and he was, like, we still quote him. My family has multiple quotes that we say. Um, the most famous one, and you can use this to your listener, it's a great quote, is when he would come downstairs in the morning, and if, we were, if anyone was eating, like, a delicious-looking pastry, and he didn't see a delicious-looking pastry for himself, he would passively... Passive-aggressively ask you, oh, what you got there, fatty? <laughs> he, would try, he would try to guilt you into just setting just it down, walking away, and then he would happily take That's care awesome. of that. It was amazing. So, I mean, and, and it goes back to, like, who are we as human beings? We are made in the image and likeness of God. It's not like some of us who are born to wealthy families that are made more in the image and likeness of God. It's not some of us that are born with very healthy bodies that are athletic and strong. We're not more in the image and likeness of God than someone who's, who's born crippled or disabled mm -hmm. or, or just naturally weaker. It's not the smart. It's not the, you know. Right. Every single one of us has been given gifts, and the most important gift is life itself. And it's not something we created. It's not something we give to other people. Mm -hmm. We get it. We get that gift, and so we don't have... The right to take it away. We have the right, the obviously the duty, I should say, to celebrate it. Amen. And so celebrate life. And it and it get it does get hard though. I think this is where oh, yeah. our our listener is asking us to, to <laughs> share on this. Because we live in, in within this culture of death that that looks to tear down, to destroy, that that is that has a facade of, of goodness and righteousness. But once you get beneath that facade, you know, my, the favorite, my, and I kind of, I preached on it this weekend, the, um, 
the signs in, on people's lawns that, that have all the generic sayings of love is love, science is real, kindness is everything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes, those, that's true. Sci science is real, kindness is everything, it's good to be kind, love, love is love, okay, those... I, I see truth in all three of those statements, uh, but I wonder if the person who has it on their lawn, if they really, like, so is love is love only if you agree with me? So now, when we, as soon as we disagree on something, are you still going to love me? Or is your love only predicated on the understanding that we're going to agree on exactly what love is love means? So love is love. Okay, I love life at the moment of conception, and it, that's when we should give all full rights and dignity to that human person at conception. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, we can't, you know, love to love is to let the mother choose. That's what it means to love. Okay, so now that we disagree, do you still love me? Well, no, you're a bigot, and, uh, you know, I, you, you hate people, and you hate women, and you're a misogynist, and you're a priest, and so you obviously you hate women, and... Well, Whoa, okay, now, hold on a minute. These are actual thing, quotes I've received from people. These are actual arguments and conversations. And the, and the thing... Right? Yeah, and I think the thing... And now, now we're destroying, right? Now there's a block here. Right. You know? And I think I can't pretend that it's easy for a mom who is... Whose husband left her, and she's pregnant with number three, and he's gone. That's... It's not true to say that's an easy situation. It's not true. So we have to be, like, we have to be supportive of a great place like the Well of Mercy, right? Like mm -hmm. the, the, we had on this podcast. We have to be supportive of the women's shelter. We have to be supportive. We have to, like you all say, walk the walk. Amen. You know, you, you can't just sit there and say something and say, oh, yeah, it's easy, blah, blah. We've got to find ways as a culture of life to... How do we support these women who, in, who do find themselves in tremendously difficult situations? And you cannot whitewash that. We can't pretend that that's not true. But it's, it, because it's a difficult situation, doesn't mitigate the value of the life that's there. And, that's, and it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard. also in, in this, too. We have to be more bold in telling people about the ways that... Not only the church, but also secular pro-life organizations serve those women and families who find themselves in extremely difficult circumstances. That the Well of Mercy exists, that Aid for Women exists, that the Women's Center here on Elson and Cicero, that they exist, that the Sisters of Life are a religious order that do amazing things throughout the country, that they exist. You know, because one of the other bigger arguments coming from the culture of death, um, and certainly from the, the pro-abortion and pro-choice side, is that we don't care about children after they're born. And that, you know, go listen to our last podcast with Dorothy Day, Mother Teresa, and Venerable Michael McGivney, and Jose Maria Escriva. That's obviously untrue, right? You go, like you said in the last podcast, where you go seek out the poor, you will find the church, right? So we obviously care about life, from conception through their natural death, even those that do die early, we have chaplains in, in the military and we have prison chaplains that sit with men and women on death row. So even those that don't die naturally, we're there with them as well, um, the poor and, and spirit and the marginalized. 
So we have to be more bold. We just, we can't be afraid to tell people both what is true and also how, how we're trying to build up humanity to be the best version of themselves. It's, it's, not, it's not hard to find. Uh, so if you were ever thinking like, well, what do I do? Find these organizations. Look up the Well of Mercy. Look up the Women's Center. Call them up. Find out what they do. Scope. Uh, volunteer there. Volunteer. They need the help. Yeah, they need help. And you'll meet amazing women. You'll meet amazing children. You'll meet people that are there because of these organizations, these places. Like Literally, they would not be here on this earth if not for a place like the Well of Mercy, like the Women's Center. So, uh, you know, really seek out these places, seek out these organizations that do it, and ask them about their stories. Find out, if you, because it gets hard, and you do feel isolated sometimes. You're like, am I the only, am I the crazy person? Am I, am I a bad person? Because, you know, I've got the mainstream media telling me one side of this. I've got, you know, academia telling me one side of this. I've got pop culture telling me one side of this. And I feel like I'm always on the other side. So am I the weirdo? Am I the freak? And at some level, that's kind of what Christ calls us yeah, to. They, 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 the world will hate walking you. walking against the current. He says the world will hate you. He promises us. But they um, hated him first. They, he said, but don't worry, they hate you, him, him, him. God. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> the big him. They hated him the first. The capital H him. So... But when you are feeling down and you're feeling isolated, there are so many organizations that do this. There's so many places that do this great, noble work. Seek it out. And so one of the beauties of the Internet is you can go and find pro-life testimonials. Of, listen to the Sisters of Life. Oh, my goodness. The, some of their, awesome. their stories will have you weeping and laughing and just celebrating the gift that is life. They are and, awesome women and what they do. Oh man, they're cool. So if you yeah, if you're ever feeling down, listeners pray that they move into our convent. I've been wanting the system <laughs> of life to move into our convent since it became vacant. Oh. I want the system of life here in Chicago at St. Edward's Convent. Some fasting, some prayers for that. Oh, would that would be awesome. Uh, they're, they're, and if any of the Sisters of Life are listening, we have any listeners to our podcast, come to Chicago. Tell Mother Superior. <laughs> tell you got to come to Chicago. Chicago needs you. And if... I got a beautiful convent here at St. Edward, ready for you to move in. And if you've got daughters, our granddaughters, tell them about the Sisters of Life. Show them, because they need new sisters, too. They do. And they, they are, praise they're, God. They're growing. They're growing. They've got lots of good That's vocations. That's why you need a convent here in Chicago. <laughs> all the room. All the we got room. 20 rooms and a beautiful chapel. But anyway, so and you could be on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, that, you just sold it. Here, here. Wait, is that my phone ringing? Is that, is that calling you now? You're calling me now. <laughs> okay. Um, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Don't put that in. <laughs> please, please. At the end. At the end. Oh man. Uh, Give it a little, a little Easter egg right at the end of the credits. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ooh.